Most of the troublemakers are still in here, though. <clears throat> okay, let's pray, guys. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you once again this morning just to thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for allowing us to be in your house on on the day you were born, Lord, or at least the day we celebrate your birth, Lord. And Lord, I ask you just to be with us, Lord, as we open this lesson, Lord. And I ask you these, these words and these verses, Lord, out of your word, that they be your words and not my words, Lord. And just help us learn and know more about you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, two things. On the back table, there's more candy cane papers with candy canes if y'all want them. And I have a bag of pens that Claudia's going to pass around for me. Everybody, there, there are seven different Bible verses on these pens, and you will not believe how hard it is to find pens with real Bible verses. They all have like little sayings. But if you will go through there and, and pick a pen and, and pass it on, just pick a pen and pass it on. Yeah, pick one you like. Read the verses. <clears throat> Thank you. <clears throat> so, today, obviously, if you don't know it's Christmas, there's something wrong with you. And it means you didn't get any gifts. So that's probably because you were bad. So, but thinking about Christmas, the, the, what I want to talk to you about is what was that first Christmas? Because everything has to start somewhere, right? Well, there was a first Christmas, and all we are doing is re-celebrating the first Christmas. So what was that first Christmas? And if you ask people what that first Christmas, or what Christmas is, most people today will tell you, oh, that's the day that Santa brings gifts to those who have been good, right? Or, or, you know, you, you might find others that will actually tell you, oh, that's a celebration of, of the birth of Jesus Christ. But probably overwhelmingly, it'll be more about Santa, right? And if you ask children, you know, what would, they, what would you like to know about Christmas? You're going to find kids will probably give you questions like, how does Santa Claus carry all those gifts in that sleigh? Or, or, or how does he get into a house with no chimney? You know, or even, you know, how does reindeer fly? You know? And sadly today, most children's only curiosity about Christmas is all about Santa. All about Santa, right? And, and, and the world is consumed with the wonder and amazement of this big fat guy in a red suit named Santa and his little elves that look like thieves, right? But they're consumed with it. And however, the first Christmas was 2,000 years ago, and it, it was filled with true wonder and true amazement, not this wonder and amazement when we have about a red guy or a guy in a red suit, right? And, and too often we find ourselves so caught up in this business of Christmas that we forget what Christmas is about, okay? And, and that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at the true wonder and the true amazement of that first Christmas. So let's start off with Luke chapter 1, verse 18. Luke chapter 1, verse 18. <clears throat> and the Bible says, And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well stricken in years. What are we talking about here? Old Zacharias, he was wondering, right? This is the first Christmas, and an angel came to him, and he, an angel told him something, right? Told him they were going to have a child. And he was wondering because he couldn't believe it because him and his wife were elderly, right? But they, the angel told them that they were going to have John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ, the one that paved the way for Christ. How would you like an angel to come tell you that? Okay, well, that was the first Christmas, Let's continue on. Luke 1, 34. It says, the Bible says, Then said Mary unto the angel, 
How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Well, here's another wonder, right? Mary wondered, how was it going to be possible for her, being a virgin, to give birth to a baby? Okay? It's never happened before, and it's never going to happen again. Okay? Science, as much as they'd like to, they're never going to be able to reproduce that, right? That was a wonder and an amazement, right? Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. <coughs> Matthew 1, 18. If I can get there. There it is. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, and I'm going to read down through verse 25. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. <clears throat> when, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with the chi with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted, God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Okay? Wow. So what, what do we see here? Well, we see Joseph. Joseph is wondering why Mary had been chosen by God to have Jesus, right? He also wondered, you know, why was Mary and himself chosen to be the parents of Jesus Christ? Imagine that wonderment. You're being told by an angel this, right? Not much more authority than that, huh? An angel of the Lord? Let's go to Luke chapter 2. <coughs> Look at more of this, this, this wonder and amazement that happened during that first Christmas. Luke chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. <clears throat> and the Bible says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. So here we see the shepherds. They're in the field. They're outside Bethlehem. All these angels appear to them. Okay? Now they're wondering that these angels had appeared in the sky. That's pretty, that would be enough to, to floor me right there. I would be done. Okay? But. They wondered about that message they were just told about this little child that was born in Bethlehem. They were wondering. They wondered so much, they did what? They said, let's go find this child. Okay? Luke chapter 2, in the same chapter, verses 17 and 18, says, And when they had seen, seen it, they had made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all they that heard it wondered, 
at those things which were told them by the shepherds. So here we see that these are those people are in Bethlehem and around Bethlehem. They wondered about the story that the shepherds were telling them. The angels told the shepherds. The shepherds went and found Jesus. And now they're spreading this word that the Messiah is born. Okay? So people are starting to wonder. Because around Bethlehem, believe it or not, there was Jews that knew who the Messiah was. They knew the Old Testament. There was also probably a lot of Greeks and Gentiles that didn't know the Old Testament. And they were also hearing the story. There's a lot of people wondering about the birth of this child, right? Let's look at Luke 2.19. It says, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. So here's Mary. All this is happening to Mary. And Mary wondered about everything that was happening around the birth of her baby. She said angels come to her, angels come to her husband. You know, she's pregnant, but she's never been with a man. Now she's given birth. And they told her that this child is Jesus, the Savior of the world. You don't think she's got a lot to wonder about? Let's look at, uh, still in Luke chapter 2, uh, 25 through 32. <clears throat> and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon. And, and, and the same man, <clears throat> Simeon, sorry. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. <clears throat> and, it, and he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Wow. So here, here he's wondering, he's wondering about the blessing. He had a blessing. He was given a blessing. He was able to hold baby Jesus. Okay, he, and, and, and he knew that this little baby was the Messiah, the Savior of the world. To have that knowledge, and then, you know, it didn't say that somebody had to tell him, hey, that's, that's Jesus. The minute they brought him in the temple, they, he knew that was Jesus. Imagine the wonder in, in he had and that blessing he was given. And he said, okay, I'm done. I, I'm, I'm ready to go. I can depart from this world. Everything I needed is done. That's amazing, right? Let's keep looking. Let's look at verse uh, 33 through 35. <clears throat> and Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. So here's Mary and Joseph, and the Bible says the word they used is marveled. They marveled at the words that were prophesied about their newborn son. Imagine that. Your newborn son, you take him to the temple, and here's this guy, and he's prophesying, telling you what your son's going to do. And it's not like he's going to be bad, he's going to steal cars and do this. No. 
He's going to be the Savior of the world. Okay? So let's look on. Uh, let's go to verses 36 through 38. <clears throat> and there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Peniel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And now she was a widow of, a, of about fourscore and four years, which, de, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Imagine her, imagine her, right? She's in the temple night and day praying, praying and fasting. That's a prayer warrior. And 38, and she coming in, I'm, I'm sorry, and she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Okay, so we see here that there's people in the temple, right? He wasn't alone. But that day, there were a bunch of people in the temple that day. And, and when they brought him in, and they heard the words of, of Simeon, and then they heard the words of this prophetess, Anna, they spoke about the redemption. <clears throat> the redemption of what? The redemption that came through this little baby that just got brought into the temple. The Savior of the world. And look at that wonder, right? What, about them, what do you think them people were thinking? Here, they're, They know the Old Testament if they're in the temple. They're probably Jews, right? Now they're being told this baby is the Messiah. Okay, let's look at, let's continue on. Let's go to Matthew chapter 2 again. Back to Matthew. Matthew chapter 2. And we're going to read 1 through 12. <clears throat> so bear with me. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, and thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are not the least among the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may... Come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures. They presented him, unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed unto their own country another way. Okay? So what do we see here? We see here that the wise men, they had to wonder about a lot, right? First, they started following this star. Okay? They followed this star. They had to, they had to really wonder about the meaning of the star because it took them a while to get there. Jesus is not a baby. And you see all these, these manger scenes for Christmas. You always see the wise men. They're not there when he's born. It says young child. He's in a house. He's no longer in the manger. Okay? So, 
Sorry, world, you're wrong. But we see they wondered about this baby that they had brought gifts for. And they had traveled a long ways and a long time. And, and then they had to wonder because there was a dream that they had. And in that dream, they were told, don't go back to Herod. Go somewhere else. Well, we see Herod knew they had come to town. So they had to be a huge caravan, okay? It had to be more than probably just three wise men. But they were very important. That's why Herod went to them, okay? And that they had to wonder about a lot of that. They had to process all of this, right? And this is the very first Christmas. Wise men haven't traveled like that again. So let's continue looking. Let's look at Matthew again, chapter 2, and let's read 13 through 15. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of, uh, of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. So here we get back to Joseph, right? Joseph's wondering, right? He's wondering about his dream. This dream did what? It warned him to grab Mary and grab Jesus and get out of there, right? And go to Egypt. Okay? And it doesn't say that he hesitated. He went by night. So he had a dream. He woke up and he said, Mary, get the kid. Let's go. We're out. He did what God told him to do immediately. How many of us, maybe if God tells us to do something, we're just like, I don't know. No, you do it immediately because Herod was coming, right? And we all know what Herod did. So let's go. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. <coughs> and the Bible says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel of the Lord said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, a, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So these verses right here, what do we see? We're looking at the shepherds, right? So the shepherds had to wonder. First, they had to wonder because here's an angel of the Lord standing beside them in the field. They're with their flocks. It's dark, and here's an angel. If I was out in the field with my flocks and it's dark and somebody's standing next to me and I didn't see them coming, it'd probably be just a sheep there, right? But this angel tells them about the birth of who? Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And, and then after he tells them, then what happens? There's not one angel. There's a multitude. So they're completely surrounded by angels. And what are those angels doing? They're praising God. They're praising this little bitty baby that just got born. And these, all these things we've talked about, these are just some of the occurrences the Bible tells us about at that first Christmas. Okay? And these are occurrences which have never been seen before on this earth and have never been seen since. 
that first Christmas was very special, right? And think about how many other people that we haven't mentioned that are around the areas, right? That are around Nazareth and around Judea and around Bethlehem. And they witnessed all this. They heard all this, okay? They, they saw the stars. They saw the shepherds. They saw the wise men. And, and you know what else they witnessed? They witnessed a virgin conceive a child. Nobody's ever witnessed that, right? They witnessed the Messiah being born in a stable, sleeping in a manger. They witnessed the wise men coming from the east, okay? And they appeared when the child was young, when Jesus was young, and they worshiped him, okay? They, they, they saw prophets in the temple. We saw that. They declared Jesus was what? The Messiah. They didn't say, oh, this is a cute little kid. This is the Messiah, okay? And, and, they, and they've never seen him before. They didn't see this kid before, but the minute he, they brought Jesus in, they knew who he was, right? And, and then they saw King Herod, okay? This is the kind of the bad part. But the whole area around there, they saw King Herod kill every child under the age of two, okay? You don't think that brought some wonder to people's minds? That, how would you like the whole area of Stafford, Missouri City, Sugar Land, and the, and the president comes in and kills all the kids under two? I think that would cause an uproar, right? That would cause some wonderment. So imagine if you had been there as a witness to this first Christmas. How many discussions would you have had with your friends and family if you heard and saw all this? It would probably be the talk of the town, right? I mean, you think about it. If they had, they had Facebook and texting back then, what do you think would have been happening all around that area? They would have probably shut down the cell phone lines. It would have been so much chatter, right? But we see that, that you know, think about it. How, much, how many people lost sleep during that time? especially after King Herod went through and killed all the kids, right? And, and today, you look at us, we don't even have a second thought about Jesus. Really? How many people today, on Christmas Day, will stay home from church because, hey, it's Christmas? Really? No. You know, and one thing is for sure, if we had witnessed that first Christmas, we would have probably had a lot more interest in Jesus Christ as a Messiah than we do today, Right? These people witnessed it. We just get to read about it, okay? So this first Christmas, beyond being wonderful and amazing, what else can we learn from this first Christmas? Let's look at Luke chapter 2 again and verses 13 through 14. The Bible said, and we've already read these, but let's read it. And it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men so what is it telling us about this first christmas it's telling us that jesus his birth brought what peace and goodwill toward men and what does that mean that means that god loves us so much he only wants the best for us in our lives he doesn't want bad things to happen to us he doesn't want us to go through trials and tribulations and here's a hint i guarantee you the overwhelming majority of your trials and tribulations are brought on by you because you're not following Jesus, okay? Peace and goodwill toward men is what he wanted. Okay, so let's go to Ezekiel. Let's go to the Old Testament. Ezekiel 34, 15. Ezekiel 34, 15. <laughs> Ezekiel 34, 15, the Bible says, I will feed my flock... And I will cause them to lie down, saith who? The Lord God. Okay? So we see about Jesus 
Little baby Jesus was sent to be our shepherd, right? And this means that Jesus will, he will protect us, he will feed us, he will provide for us, he will love us, he will heal us, he will do everything we need because he is our good shepherd, okay? But here's a key. If you're a sheep and Jesus is your shepherd, you only get all these blessings if you follow the shepherd. How many sheep get out of their pen, don't follow the shepherd, and they end up in the woods and a wolf eats them, right? You have to follow your shepherd, right? And Jesus is our shepherd. So let's look back at Luke chapter 1, and let's look at verse 46. Luke 1, verse 46, and the Bible says, And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. <clears throat> Excuse me. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. Okay? What is Mary talking about? Well, Mary and Elizabeth, remember them, right? They were cousins. They both had miraculous reasons to worship God, right, and re to rejoice. Mary gave birth to Jesus. Elizabeth gave birth to John the Baptist, right? And, and God had honored their everyday faithfulness by granting them these pregnancies, these miraculous pregnancies, right? And they were both miraculous in their own way, okay? Both had seen the impossible. One of them was a woman that was over 80 years of age, she was way past the time of having a child, but God said, you're going to have a child, okay? And then the other, a virgin. God picked two extremes to show his power and his glory, right? <clears throat> so as the angel said to Mary upon the announcement that she would conceive in holiness, for nothing shall be impossible with God. That's exactly what he was telling her. And God showed the entire world his amazement and his, his loving kindness and his wonderfulness and he showed the whole world that he can do anything, right? These were the amazing births. And God can perform the impossible. And, and think about what this means to those who follow him today, okay? Our lives are in God's hands, okay? We have absolutely nothing to worry about because he is in control, okay? Let's look at Luke chapter 2 and verse 6 and 7. <clears throat> Luke chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, the Bible says, And so it was that while they were there, it, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them at the end. And everybody always thinks it's pretty tragic. There's no room at the end. They have to go stay in a manger. Well, let's look at this. So we're reading about Jesus Christ's birth, and we don't consider how much stress how much stress that firstborn child, and, 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 and you know, you, Mary traveled with him when she was ready to, to deliver. And she went to a town where there was no room, and they had to stay in a manger. How much stress would that be? You women that have had children, what if you went through that? What if your husband said, let's go, and you don't get to hop in the truck, you hop on a donkey. And we're going to travel a long ways, and you're ready to pop. And you get there, 
And the husband has to come back and go, well, the Holiday Inn has no rooms. So we're going to stay in this little garage over here. How much stress is that for you as a mom, right? And that would have caused Mary a lot of stress. And you think about expectant mothers. What do they worry about? They whether worry about, oh, am I going to deliver day or night? Oh, am I going to make it to the hospital on time? You know? Uh, is everything going to be ready for my child? You know? And, and, oh, what if you're out of town while you're pregnant? Okay? Those ain't even concerns for what Mary went through. Okay? And then you think about Mary was out of town. She was because she had to travel. And, and she was not at her home. She traveled to a place where they were going to count, you know, do the little taxes, right? And, and she, she didn't have her friends and family there to support her. She's in a foreign town, okay? <clears throat> and there was not even room at the inn for her, not even at the Holiday Inn, for her to give birth. She had to lay her newborn son in a place where animals ate. That's stress, right? But imagine what was going through her mind. Even though all this was happening, do you ever see Mary questioning God? Not once. Not once. Because, you know, she knew God had his hand in it, right? And she loved her son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes. But she knew one thing. She knew God had it under control. God had told her and Joseph what to do, and they did it. They didn't, they didn't squawk. They didn't complain. They just did it. Okay? And, and God used Mary as an unwed teenager to deliver his only son while they're on a trip in a barn that's pretty stressful right but god provided for mary and he provided for jesus in his way and in his time not ours okay and just as he provides for all christians today we have nothing to worry about and that's what this first christmas is teaching us god will provide for those who calls on his name it's exactly what he's teaching us let's look at two luke 2 19 Plenty of time, guys, plenty of time. Luke 2, 19, the Bible says, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. That little verse, but think about that. All these things. Think about all the things she had to ponder from the day the angel first told her, Hey, you're going to have a kid. Okay? She, Mary, was filled with excitement of, of just giving birth. Those of you that are mothers, your first child, how much excitement was that pregnancy, right? She was filled with that same excitement. And then, the, and then, <clears throat> then there were the shepherds. They came in and visited her while she just gave birth in a manger. Here's all these strangers coming in. Hey, I want to look at the baby. Do you think she wouldn't be a little protective there? Okay. And, and everybody is coming in and everybody's telling her that we've been told that your child is the Messiah. And she already knew this, but here's everybody confirming it, right? And, and <clears throat> Mary was dealing with all this. It says she pondered it in her heart, but she still had to have that mother instinct to protect her child, right? But Mary was still at peace. Why is that? Is that because she's just, you know, superwoman? No, it's because she knew God had it in control, right? And, and she probably remembered the angel's words. Remember what he said? He said, Blessed are you among women. She was also told that you're going to give birth to the Son of God. Okay? She was also told nothing shall be impossible with God. All those things were now fulfilled because she was holding baby Jesus. And when our lives seem out of control, okay, we can learn something from Mary. We really can. If we just take a moment and allow the Holy Spirit to comfort us. Remember, he, the Holy Spirit was sent as a comforter. 
Allow him to comfort you. Don't be so stressed out, okay? If we do that, then we can feel that same sense of peace that Mary felt and she was filled with during this time, okay? Let's keep going. Let's look at um, Matthew 2, 3 through 4. I'm sorry, just one more thing. So that peace the Holy Spirit will give us, he only gives that to those who rely on him, okay? Those who don't call on Jesus' name, those who don't follow Jesus, they don't get this peace. So, Matthew 2, 3 through 4. Matthew 2, 3 through 4. Man, I got to go. Matthew 2, verses 3 through 4. The Bible says, When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes and the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Okay? So we see Herod here. He was jealous, right? He was afraid of what? He was afraid of this little baby, this baby called Jesus Christ. Because he went and he knew that that baby, it, it told him it was going to be a king. Well, he was king, you know. And, and his birth, he, he questioned his advisors and he questioned all the wise men. And he was trying to find Jesus. But he didn't find Jesus, did he? Why not? Because God had his hand in it. If, if they were to travel to Bethlehem and checked into the Holiday Inn, they might have found baby Jesus. Right? Herod might have found him, but he didn't. God is in control. And think about that. Everything in little baby Jesus' life, he moved him here, he moved him there, he took him to Egypt. They traveled. God was there. God had his hand on them, okay? Let's look at Matthew, same chapter. Let's read verses 7 and 8. And then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men and inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared, And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Liar. Liar. He doesn't want to worship him. Herod hears about this arrival of the wise men now. His advisors couldn't find him. They checked all the holiday inns. He's not there, right? So here we go. Here's the wise men. They came from the east. Herod knows them. He knows in his heart they're seeking this Messiah. So he calls them in, right? And, and Herod says, hey, I've been seeking Jesus, you know, since his birth. I ain't found him. That's because God is pretty good at hiding him. He said, can y'all go? When you find him, come back and tell me. Because I really want to go worship this guy. You know, you think about it. At this time, Jesus is not a baby. He's a child, okay? So Herod has probably been searching every holiday in, every Best Western, everywhere he can, every bed, bath, and beyond, every breakfast place, everything he can get to looking for this child, and he's failing, okay? So he sent out these wise men, and, and no doubt by sending and searching out them, he had spies everywhere looking for Jesus, right? Because he was looking for that one that was supposed to be king. He was looking for the king, right? And, and the events surrounding Jesus' birth, we see, what do we see? Do we see peace and happiness? No, we see trouble and tribulations. You've got a king trying to kill you, okay? You're traveling down a road. You're born in a manger, right? Yet what happened? God wins every single time. And why is that? Because God is the creator of everything, and it's his plan, and it will not be changed. 
Okay? And just like the world today, it seems that everything may be out of control. You think about it. You look at our politics. If you just look at either the Democrats or Republicans, you lose your mind, right? Because they're crazy. They're both of them crazy. And the world's going down. We have all these groups out there that are in the media. And you think, what's happening? Where are our morals? Where are our values? People killing people for nothing. Okay? But we've got to remember, it's going to be okay. Because even though there seems to no, be no end to the evil or chaos, you know, you think about it. Maybe Joseph and Mary felt that way too. Look how they were pushed around and moved and, and here and there trying to stay one step ahead of this king, right? But God's got it in his hand, guys. It doesn't matter what this world, what's going on in this world. This is not our home, okay? And it may be hard to trust in a God we cannot see. And that was my biggest thing coming to faith was how can I have faith in a God I cannot see, okay? But it doesn't matter if the world seems like it's falling apart. It doesn't matter because God is in control. He sent the Holy Spirit to give us the peace. He is, what does the Bible say? He's the prince of peace, and everything is in his hands. And however, we must remember he's the God of everything. He's in control. Like I said, he is peace, and he is love, right? And what have we learned? He is the good shepherd. And what? We're all in his hand. That's what this first Christmas is teaching us. Okay? You taught Mary that. It taught Joseph that. Let's look at one more verse. Probably the most famous verse in the Bible. Anybody know it yet? <clears throat> John 3.16. <clears throat> and the Bible says, For God... So loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that, through the, but that the world through him might be saved. That's his first Christmas right there. The first Christmas was all about God's love for us. He created this whole world. He created each and every one of us, right? And he watches as we're born on this earth, and we're born in sin, and we live in sin, and God, all that time we're in that sin, God's doing what? He loves us, and he longs for that fellowship with us. But how many years do we turn our backs on him? How many years do we just rebel against him? And we may go to church as kids. We may go to church as adults. Somebody may have witnessed to us, but we keep turning our backs on him, right? And, but that first Christmas, God sent his only son to suffer. Not only just to die, but to suffer. And he suffered horribly. They beat him. They ridiculed him. They mocked him. And then they put him on a cross between two common criminals and let him die. Okay? That first Christmas was all about God and sinners being reconciled through Jesus Christ, okay? Through Jesus Christ, his son. And why is that? Because God loves us. So what is the first Christmas about? It's not about Santa. It's not about reindeers, guys. It's about God sending, who did it say? His name was Emmanuel. That means God with us. God with us to save his people from their sins. Okay? And no matter what we've done, no matter who we are, no matter who we were, okay, 
God loves us enough to forgive us. And, and that forgiveness is through his salvation, through his son, Jesus Christ. And there's enough love and forgiveness for each and every one of us. It's not, an, not just a little limited number. As some people believe that you're predestined and everybody else is just, oh, you're not predestined, you're going to die and go to hell. No. God gave salvation to the whole world. He gave his love for the whole world because he gave his son for the whole world. So what is the first Christmas about? It's about salvation, and it's about eternal life through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was the greatest Christmas gift ever given. Okay. Let's pray. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I, <clears throat> I come to you today. God, just thank you for this moment just to open your Bible and, and learn about this first Christmas, Lord, and your Savior, and, and, and our Savior, and, and your Son, Lord. And I ask you, Lord, as we continue to be together today and hear preaching and and, and, and later have fellowship together and then some more preaching. Lord, I ask you to let us just think about it. It's all about you and your son, Lord, and how you loved us and how you sent him to die for us, Lord. And Lord, we should remember that. And, and Lord, we just really got to remember each Christmas is just a celebration of this, Lord. This first Christmas, that the Christmas that, that never was before and will never be again, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.